Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small, stationary or mobile. It's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. And as I peer over to my left, I see someone who's normally here with me. Hey, John. Back on the monthly off-season podcast, but y'all know there's never an off-season. We have a lot to cover today. We've got two guests on to fill us in on what the heck is going on down there in South Georgia. What in the wide world of sports what is going on in Valdosta? in the world? But before we get to that, as promised in the last podcast, I'd have a neat and tidy rundown of hot topics of things that we would hit. So I think we just jump right into it, John, because we have so much to cover today. Go for it. What is the coaching carousel update? I know you put a blog out there and we talked a lot about some of the new faces around the state on the last podcast, but what are some of the updates? Well, the see, the thing is, is that when I call it coaching carousel, mm-hmm. I, and this is literally, this is the Google reference of the show for this week. It's the movie Logan's Run. It's a movie from the late 70s with uh, Michael York, Peter Ustinov, uh, Jenny Agater, uh, and totally know it. Yep. Yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I said. This is the Google search for the show here. The, there was there's always a central point in the movie where it was uh, the phrase was "Welcome to Carousel." Now is mm-hmm. the time for renewal. Okay. And that's where silly season and carousel kind of collide, and where you're you're normally looking at about twenty percent turnover here in the state of Georgia for high school coaches on a yearly basis. Yeah. And right now, obviously, the the topic that we're looking at here with Valdosta will be the central point of this one. It's going to be a part of the discussion going forward because you've had coaches who have left Valdosta, tried to go to other places, then they weren't going to other places. You have spring practice starting where we have folks like Jeff Heron, who we've had on the, the Football Fridays podcast in the past. There's a picture that's floating out with him at Camden County. He is officially in Kingsland. With a whistle, standing on Chris Gilman Field, getting everything squared away at spring practice, and so you have all of these, uh, all of these coaching you know, vacancies that were filled, all the rotation that was there. You know, we've talked about Brian Lamar, and I think that one of the underlying topics is the exodus out of DeKalb County, where you have Paul Standard leaving St. Pius, going to the mountains. You have Brian Lamar leaving Tucker, going to Gwinnett County, and you have. Uh, you know, you've got coaches from uh, Cedar Grove heading to take over down at Crisp. So there's going to be an interesting dynamic where Cedar Grove, the Cedar Grove Saints, Miguel Patrick, now mm-hmm. is going to be in Cordial this year. That's going to be interesting. So you've got a lot of these, a lot of these different dynamics in play. But really, DeKalb County, I think for me, is going to be an interesting look. See, it's going to be an interesting test case because of the exodus of all the quality coaches. Ron Gartrell from Stevenson retires. Yeah. So you have all of these folks from DeKalb County who have either retired or moved on, how does DeKalb County, you know, respond in this idea about what it's going to look like? And so I think for me, as you're into spring practice, hopefully you have your coaching situation squared away. And if you don't, you're close to it just because of all of the moving parts that are involved and all the new coaches in new places and old coaches in new places with their first spring practices. And obviously one of the stories that we're going to keep an eye on outside of the coaching carousel is what's going on in Noonan. And we can't go any further without addressing what happened down in Noonan with the tornado. Yeah, I'm really excited to get on that story. That will be my 
blog post out next month, and I have not dived into it, so I do not know any of the latest updates on what hap- has happened in Noonan, but I look forward to catching up with that community soon. Yeah, Chip Walker, and we'll keep an eye on the community down there, and I will readily admit that, you know, when there's breaking news and breaking weather news here in the South, obviously mm-hmm. a lot of folks gravitate to their TVs, and seeing what happened to Noonan High School and everyone down there, Obviously, we, we just we send our love to you first and foremost and hope that everyone is, is taking those small steps to recovery. But as Noonan High School was a centerpiece of mm-hmm. uh, the damage from the, the tornado that went through last, we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on things and catching up with Chip Walker and everybody down there in Noonan. Yeah, so look for that next month. And we look to get him on the podcast, too, to, to talk about the community impact and the football program impact as well. Yeah, and it's going to be a continuing story as we go in 2021 as we hit the, the front of the ladder. But without further ado... Let's. Well, you. Well, more. What you're. You're wave your finger you're at me. You got more stuff. Up my rundown. Oh, so what's on your rundown? You always do this, John. I have this beautiful rundown. And I okay. just sit there and wad it up. I take her monitor and I just do. wad the thing up and throw keep, the monitor off to the side. We have to keep John in line. Okay. Few <laughs> ske- a few <laughs> scheduling reminders. That. We wanted to get a quick GBB programming note. We are back to normal programming this year. Our first game is set for right after Labor Day, September 10th. Cannot wait. All of the GHSA football teams have finalized their schedules. So the championships are December 9th and 11th. I know that sounds like. It's far away, but Let's it always so comes. This is the this is the fourth so month of the soon. year, so so twelve minus four. That's less than eight months away from the championships, and with everything starting in mid August, I mean there was mm-hmm. a uh, there's a, a series of football games happening in week zero with teams from South Carolina and mm-hmm. Northeast Georgia. That's going to be happening at Hart County with uh, Rance Gillespie, and that's going to be yes. a fun weekend. Keeping an eye on that. And with all of the, the talent that's there, too. And remember, in that little pocket up there mm-hmm. in northeast Georgia, you've had coaches from South Carolina come over and, and be a part of the process now in the state of Georgia. Franklin County was a recent example of that, too. So that's uh, going to be fun to see all of these new contests working their way out. Benedictine's going to start their season in a, a game against uh, nice. Col- Miami Columbus. Yes. And so you're going to have a lot of that stuff going on. What's, what's next on your rundown? See, I didn't toss to the guest. <laughs> I'm asking you what's on your rundown. Okay. Next on the rundown is what we have all been waiting for. Let's talk Valdosta. So before we bring Phil Jones in, our very first guest, mm-hmm. just want to spit some facts out. Go so I know most people listening to this podcast have been following along what's going on in South Georgia. But for those who haven't, there's an investigation into possible rules violations and improprieties by the Valdosta Wildcats High School football program. And the Georgia High School Association has handed down sanctions against the team. Fines totaling $7,500 have been issues issued along with a forfeit of seven wins from the 2020 season, a postseason ban for the upcoming 2021 season, five players ruled ineligible for the 2021 season as well, some of whom have already left the school. Mm-hmm. Head coach Rush Propes was put on administrative leave on March 9th. He just got hired last year. He's a very controversial coach. There was a meeting this morning at 9 a.m. to actually talk about his administrative leave. John, tell us what that was all about. Well, as as we're talking on that Monday, the 18th, mm-hmm. 19th? What day Today's is? the 19th. 19th. Thank we're recording you. this on Monday. So Monday 
the nineteenth, the GHSA was having their meeting in Thomaston at the Upson Lee Civic Center, and the morning session had the GHSA unanimously deny Valdosta's appeal, and they were planning to appeal the decision, obviously, in front of the executive committee on Monday afternoon. So. Uh, you, you look at everything, and it stemmed from a 64-page deposition from the former executive mm-hmm. director of the Touchdown Club. And it, it basically it snowballed from there and all of these different allegations that we talked about and covered on GPB. And it's made national news, New York Times. It's been on ESPN. So there's been a, a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, it's... Uh, it's a shame. And then what we wanted to get into with uh, Phil and with Spencer Van Horn from Fox Sports Radio Valdosta as we get into this show is to what it means, what it's meant to have mm-hmm. rushed there from the beginning, what it's meant to the city of Valdosta, which has had its rivalry with, uh, you know, with the Wintersville Classic, with Valdosta and Lowndes. You know, what do what the Lowndes folks think? What do the Valdosta fans think? And what's the future heading into 2021? Because you mentioned schedules mm-hmm. and you mentioned, uh, you know, spring practice. Where's Valdosta in all of this? You know, and really, it, it, you have one of the towns that is associated with high school football here in the United States, not just the state of Georgia, but in the United States, going through this right now as you're heading into, if not being in spring practice. So, I mean, it's a, there's a lot of dynamics here in play, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's sad, it's disappointing, and I know that everyone down there in South Georgia just wants to get to the end of it. And there's a lot of people who are thinking, I told you so. All right, with all of that said... Now, John, welcome in our guest. Phil Jones from ITG Next and the Extra Point radio program. All right, so Hannah, do you want to ask the first question for Phil? Sure. All right, Phil, the last time you and I talked was April 2020 about the controversial Rush Probst hire. Fast forward a year, the drama has not stopped, and now some audio recordings have come out. That's basically where we're at. How did we get here? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, the path has been, um, you know, kind of a crazy one. Um, after, you know, Rush was hired, he actually did a really good job of gathering the team through the, the end of the pandemic. Uh, I say the end of the pandemic as far as the effect that it had on, on uh, no spring practices and, uh, and everything having to be done virtually. And then, of course, we got to the season, and uh, you know, I think the guy did one of the best coaching jobs that he's that maybe he's ever done with what he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, led the Cats to after a tumultuous start of the season, had some tough losses, uh, but he comes back, leads out Austin to uh, the semifinals and one of the toughest classifications in the state, and uh, they run into a buzzsaw at Buford. No, uh, you know, no shame there. Uh, and then, of course, after that. You know, instead of uh, celebrating the, the, the season, the victory, and uh, that's when things began to unravel when uh, the audio recording was released to the public. And the fallout, of course, as you guys know, has, uh, has not really uh, uh, let up since then. Phil Jones of ITG Next to the Extra Point sports program that can be seen on their Facebook and whatever social media you wish to follow ITG Next on is hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Hannah, with a follow-up. So just you're down there in the thick of it. Tell us what these audio recordings said for those of the most of the listeners know what's going on, but for anyone listening that doesn't know what's going on, give us an insight about what those audio recordings were all about and what the fallout was following them. 
Okay. So it was a conversation between Michael Nub Nelson, who at the time was the, the director of the, uh, the touchdown club, which is the primary booster club uh, for the for the Wildcat football team, mm-hmm. and uh, Rush himself, uh, of course, Rush had no idea that he was being recorded, and um, Rush made comments about needing money on hand uh, to help with uh, recruiting players to Valdosta, their families to to, to Valdosta. Um, he made references to. Uh, certain college programs that did the same thing. He made references to his past when um, you know he had done things uh, similar to this at uh, at Hoover, and obviously some yeah you know, some things that uh, uh, were you know once they were out there um, for the public to hear, there was really no turning back, and that really brings us to where we are. You know, today with the uh, the latest, um, well, the penalties handed down by the GHSA and the subsequent appeals that are uh, being heard as we speak. Yeah, and obviously we haven't come to any kind of a conclusion where the appeals are. But when it comes to when it comes to to Rush as an individual, I mean, ever since he was up the road in Moultrie at Colquitt, there is no doubt, there is no disputing that Rush Probst is a winning football coach. He will come into your town, he will come in with your program, and he will win. It may take a while, but he will turn it into a winner. And when he and I talked, you know, when he got the, the Valdosta job, he said, it usually takes me about 18 months to turn around a program. I have to do this in four and you could tell pressure was on. The, yeah, I mean it's self-imposed too. Mm-hmm. But but Phil, at the same time, Valdosta knew what they were getting when it came to Rush Probst as a football coach. All they had to do was look forty-five minutes up the road. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. And let's you know we'll go back to that uh, you know that situation as far as you know knowing what they were getting. Um, so if you'll remember, and Hannah, this goes back to the earlier conversation that you referenced at the beginning of our conversation here today. Um, So when Coach Rodemaker's contract was not renewed, um, the the, the board, that is the the, the board that was charged with the responsibility of, of finding a new head football coach, went through a pretty lengthy process in several different candidates to try to, you know, obviously to find uh, the replacement for Rodemaker. I don't think Rush was at the top of the list to begin with. However, after the search had become fairly exhaustive and I would say winding down, you were left really with uh, uh, very few candidates. In fact, it was probably in the single digits, and Rush, of course, was one of those candidates and that's when suddenly Rush did move to the top of the list uh, by default, if you want to call it that. And at the same time, Rush was working hard on getting his teaching certificate renewed or reinstated, I should say. And so it was kind of made clear to everyone involved that if Rush could get his certificate reinstated, then it was more than likely going to be the chosen one. And 
those uh, those two things happened kind of simultaneously once the teaching certificate was indeed reinstated. That's when um, the search committee had uh, made their decision and decided to bring Russia on board. So that's how that came about. But to go back to what you mentioned earlier, John, yes, they they knew what they were getting, um, I guess, you know, with what he had been through. But, you know, I think there was a, uh, you know, a, a portion of the decision that said, hey, you know, he was investigated. His teaching certificate has been reinstated. Right. So we feel like he deserves a second chance. So I think you got to keep that in mind as well. No question. And when, you know, when you talk to a man who is as driven as Rush Probst is, and you, you know what his focus is when he comes into a program, I mean, it's there are very few individuals that we will come across in this in this sport that are like Rush Probst. What is it like for you when you've had to to be with Rush in your environment, whether it's up the road in Moultrie or down there in Valdosta? Uh, you mean in terms of working with him from a media relationship? Yeah, or? from from a from a media standpoint, and when you get to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, what's it been like to see him work as he does and as he did both in Moultrie and in Valdosta? What's it like to to be in that Rush Probst orbit? Um, it's all inspiring. The listen, the the work ethic is second to none. Um, you're talking about a guy that gets up, uh, you know, before most of us do. Um, he had his own drink is... name for him at the Starbucks in Moultrie. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I mean, you know, I think his work, his work ethic, his long days are, you know, the stuff that legends are made of. I mean, he this, this kind of goes back into his days even at Hoover. So, again, the work, work ethic cannot be denied. Um and so when you're around him, you see this. You, you see why he is as successful as he is. The guy's a bulldog. Um, he knows what he wants. He knows how to go after it. You know, it was uh, pretty well known that on Sundays, um, and I don't, I don't know, you know, how Rush deferred to the coaches, you know, taking care of their, you know, uh, re- religious doings on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, none of my business, but. It was pretty well known that Sundays were kind of a uh, a start early and we're going to finish late kind of thing. That's when the game plan was developed. And, and I mean, it was, you know, 12, 13-hour days, and uh, they were intense. So, again, you kind of got a glimpse into that, and I was fortunate to have done that. And, again, you start to see why he is or, yeah, why he is who he is and how he has arrived where he's arrived in terms of, a professional standpoint, and the wins and the losses. There's two sides to that, though. You either love him or you hate him. There's right, there's wrong. Yep. I do think he's a great coach. I know all of this is hearsay. Nothing has been confirmed or proven yet, but there has been some pretty shady allegations against him. What's next for Titletown? I know that you sometimes get to talk to Rush on the side, what has he said? What is your opinion? How do you, does Valdosta move on from this? I got the the honor of having the last question, so this is like ten questions in one, Phil. Because <laughs> 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 um, we are we are we only have a little bit more time with you. So, 
all encompassing, you know, what what's what's next for Titletown and, and how does and what is Rush saying? Well, let me uh time for the all encompassing answer, Phil. <laughs> Absolutely. No worries. We we can handle it. So let me uh, answer your last question first, and we'll kind of go backwards from there. As far as what Rush thinks, um, he's he's um, he's down right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do talk to Rush um, regularly. I've maintained that contact with him since all this happened, and actually before this happened. I mean, that's that's one of the things about Rush and I. We've maintained a a pretty good relationship. You know, even when he was at Colquitt, when he was in between jobs, you know, when he was over in, in Alabama, maintained conversations with him. And, of course, since he arrived in Valdosta. Uh, but right now he is uh, – his spirit is definitely broken. You can tell. And he has said those things to me. He has said, look, I've, I've, I've been down before but never like this. Because you go back to what I just described, the long work days. Football is the man's life. Yes, he hunts a little bit, but – when you talk about people's hobbies, what are they doing in their spare time? Well, Rush has no spare time. Yeah, Rush is football you know? is his spare time. Rush, that's right. Rush is football. As far as what the uh, where does Titletown go from here? That's a really good question because I'll tell you, just like the the coach, um, right now this this town the community is reeling from everything that's happened. Um, you've got a. Uh, a fragmented coaching staff. You've had coaches, assistant coaches that have left. Um, you've got questions within the coaching staff as far as who, if anyone, could be named the interim coach, who you know is going to stay, who's going to go. And I think, in fairness to the coaches, they have no idea what, really what their future holds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot is looming on – yeah, this appeals process is again that's going on as we speak, as we have this uh, this interview, and um, then of course it'll come down to whether Rush is retained or not. Um, and so, uh, again, the the support for Valdosta, uh, again the the supporters for Valdosta, are, are really uh, again they're reeling from this whole thing. You got to remember, there's a football team that again advanced to the semifinals last year, were expected to be one of the better teams moving forward in class 6a now we know again if these if the appeals uh or if the uh, uh the penalties are upheld that this team is going to have no shot at postseason play you got to wonder how that's going to you know reflect in the on-field morale you got to figure these kids are going to go out and play their hearts out regardless but you know i do a show as you guys have mentioned and right now you know all the news coming out of Valdosta. Instead of, you know, the winningest high school football program talking about football on the field, we're talking about anything but yep. right now. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that goes against everything that Titletown stands for. All right, Phil, for those that want to keep an eye on everything going on in your part of the world, how do they do it and how do they watch Extra Point and keep an eye and keep an ear on what you're doing down there? Yeah, so we are live on uh, our Facebook uh, page, itgnext.com, and you can check out the show live 5 to 7 every day at our Facebook uh, page. You can also go back and check out the show uh, either in audio or both 
video and audio form, uh, wherever your favorite podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker. Again, you can find it pretty much anywhere. And, uh, hey, if you are uh, challenged in terms of uh, what the heck did he just say, well, just simply go in and Google Extra Point with Phil Jones. It'll pop up. You'll find it. And there you can check out the show. Uh, Again, uh, all the shows are archived. Right there with you, my friend. As always, Phil, thanks for bringing your expertise to all of this discussion when it comes to everything going on down there in South Georgia. Thanks again, my friend. We'll be catching up with you soon because we know that there will be more that goes on with this story as it continues to turn, and we haven't even hit spring practice down there yet. Once again, my friend, thanks again. To be continued. John, Hannah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Phil. One guest down, one to go, and it's time for the man batting second in the order this go-around. It's the host of the X's and O's Morning Show down at Fox Sports Radio, Valdosta, Spencer Van Horn. Spencer, thanks for hanging out with me and Hannah here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, John, and, and Hannah, I'm a, it's a pleasure to meet you for the first time. Yeah, great to meet you over the radio waves. See? Yes, see, ma'am, that's see, it. See, everything, everybody wants to meet Hannah. They're just like, John, yeah, yeah whatever, you're over there. <laughs> Hannah, great to meet you. John, yeah, whatever. No I, comment. I see how this works. I see how this works with the both of you. I know how this is going on. Uh, this, what we wanted to do, Spencer, was kind of have you on to talk about about the the team and the town and the the just the more the philosophical discussion involving everything that's been going on. As we're talking, it's it's headed to the executive. The appeal is headed to the executive committee as we're talking and taping this on Monday. So I want to ask you, as far back as you can remember, with the hiring of Rush Probst, and we're only talking a little over a year. What has it meant to the town of Valdosta, not just to Valdosta fans of Wildcat football, but to the town? What has it meant to the town to have Rush Probst there, considering he was 45 minutes up the road two years ago? Yeah, and so I think it's split down the middle, really and truly. It's, there's some people who who are who understand his reputation and uh, you know the smoke that has sort of surrounded him at Hoover and at, at Moultrie. And they're real hesitant. You know, they, they don't want anything to do with it. They're, uh, at best, they're, you know, cautious to come around. And at worst, they're just, you know, nothing to do with it. And then there's other people, uh, the other side of it, that they're excited. He's a winner. Um, he's, you know, he was exonerated to, to a certain degree. And at Moultrie, with the Professional Standards Commission re- resetting his license, they want to feel good about, where their program's going. They love Valdosta High School, and so they're doing everything they can to try to support the program and try to support the team. And so maybe they might be overlooking things or setting things aside and saying we're going to focus on the football coach, we're going to focus on the football team, and we're not going to worry with all that other stuff. He's our guy, he's here, and we're going to support him. For those who are not on board with the hiring of Probst, is there an overwhelming feeling of, and I told you so, or did everyone involved just kind of know what they were getting into here? Yeah, I think there is a a sense of I told you so. Um, The folks that I've talked to just sort of, you know, around the water cooler, it's, it's been along those lines, but it's also come with a, a degree of, you know, sour grapes that mm-hmm. we would love to have been wrong. We would have loved to, to, you know, that this would have been a turnaround. We would have loved for this to have, you know, been something different and for it to have worked out. We don't want it to be 
we're not cheering about being right necessarily because yeah. being right means that the program suffers. And I think there's a lot of people who are sort of conflicted about their, yeah, I told you so. And Spencer, I mean, there are so many tentacles to this, to this, uh, to really what's going on on a bunch of different levels. But for someone who has never, you you hear about Valdosta High School football, you hear about the legacies of Nick Heider and Wright Bazemore and and you know Rick Darlington, Rick Tomberlin, Alan Rodemaker winning a state championship. For those who've never been to a Wintersville Classic, for those who've never seen Valdosta football up close, what does Wildcat football mean to that section of Valdosta and South Georgia? You know, it's when you hear about small town communities closing down shop for, you know, to, to travel up to the big, you know, for the big game, that's, that's exactly what it is here you you go over to basemore hyder stadium or martin stadium and it's jam-packed wall-to-wall standing room only on, on each side and that's what this community comes together for it seems like we're all here and we've all been here for a long time either you grew up a wildcat from when you were real little and it was installed in you then and then you just grew up with it and you stayed in the town and you had a family and then they went to Valdosta and it's generations on top of generations on top of generations that are wildcats because they've been around as long as they have and the same thing is happening uh, for the Lowntie Vikings as well so it's it's in their blood it's all they know and that's that's what leads to what you get on a Friday night when there's 10,000 people in the stadium and half of it's uh, crimson and cream and the other half is uh, uh, gold and black. With all that being said, how has this dark cloud of scandal, starting with the Alan Rodemaker allegations and now Rush Probst and all of the allegations, how has this affected the community and, and what are people saying? Yeah, so again, I think you go back to being split down the middle. I think there's a lot of people who are, you know, who are, I feel like there are a good amount of folks in South Georgia who feel like the GHSA is out to get them, hmm. that the GHSA is out to get South Georgia. that And I'm sure you guys have heard of it, that, you know, that there's this idea that they only care about the Atlanta schools and that everybody down here gets shortchanged. And so I think there is a sense of an element that GHSA is attacking us and that if I've read it several times on a Facebook post or wherever else that, man, if the GHSA would just go and, you know, investigate those Atlanta schools, we wouldn't be able to play a season because they'd all be in trouble and they're all doing it too. And there's a sense of this dark cloud has sort of made everybody want to point fingers and say, well, yeah, they're doing it too. Why are we the only ones getting in trouble? Interesting. Well, and Spencer, I mean, you and I know this from all the time that we've spent covering high school football. I mean, for Valdosta not to be in a national championship discussion, not to be in a state championship discussion, having only won the the one Allen Rodemaker championship in a, in a handful of years going back, I mean, this is a program that has been relevant nationally. I mean, number one in U.S. history – for wins for a program in its entirety, for them not to be a part of a national discussion 
it's been something that it's it's been something that they've been unfamiliar with and now it's it and they've been uncomfortable with with now for a very long period of time short of that one state championship a couple of years ago yeah and you can tag that along to sort of the 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 questions from or you know kind of the conversations from earlier so we can swing this back around that that's a big part of why some people are they want to accept the great football coach that is Rush Proach because they want to get back to that level that they want to not just it's not just state championships and it's not just the deep run in the playoffs but it's that national level that we want to get back to and it's also not having blowout losses to your rivals in Lowndes and not having blowout losses to your rivals in Moultrie. They want to they want to own those things. They want to own the state championship tournament. They want to own the national spotlight as well. They want that the they're thirsty for having that again here in this town. The reason we're title town, Valdosta State's great, Lowndes is great. We got a lot of other great things here. But the reason that this is title town and the reason that this was voted that way by ESPN was about off to high school football. And so that that the program wants to get back there. And that's one reason why they've accepted or they're trying to accept Rush Probst as, uh, as much as they can. It's not all coaching. It does take a team to win a championship. And something we haven't touched on yet is the team and the support staff. How are they feeling during all of this, you know, we're recording this up in Atlanta. You're down there in the thick of it. How is the team and the support staff and everyone surrounding them feeling about all of this? What's being said? Yeah, so I've seen a couple of Facebook posts about we just want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the athletes have, have made voices here and there. We just want to play. I don't recall any specific names. But I've also spoken with a couple of people as well that, the football team is sort of they're putting they're trying to put their heads down and they're just going to work. They're sort of trying to rally around this as us against the world or us against, you know, whoever else and put that chip on their shoulder and, you know, sort of make this about something that they can come around with in terms of the suspensions or in terms of coach approach. I don't know the details specifically, but the coaches that are there that are working with the kids in the weight room, they're really trying to just make it a rallying point that, hey, they're doubting you now, or, hey, you're going to be counted out now, or, hey, you're going to be looked over now because you can't do this. And, you know, it's a it's a rallying opportunity for them to try to, uh, to have the best regular season that they can uh, with the way things are standing right now. And nothing like having to do it the week before spring practice, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. So, and And I'm sure the coaches that are there – and I don't know, again, like, I don't know all the details, but I know with the coaches that are there, I'm sure there's a there's an element of just, you know, we've got to put our heads down, too, and we just got to go forward with what we know. And we can't really worry about what's still up in the air, which hopefully we'll have something here soon. Spencer Van Horn, host of the X's and O's Morning Show, Fox Sports Radio Valdosta. Spencer, as always, it's great to catch up with you. Great to hear your voice and uh, glad that uh, you and Hannah could actually meet in an audio sense because I know that hearing her voice is far better than mine. Well, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but yes, (laughs) Hannah, it was very lovely to meet you. And John, you know, whatever. Nice to to meet you too. Yeah, John's just here spitting. 
spit into the mic. Yeah, spitting into the mic. Spencer, be good. Yeah. We will catch Let's up with you. Let's give Spencer Wait, a chance to, to oh, give himself a little oh, plug. Okay, okay plug. yes, yes. I forgot, to look, at, I forgot to look at your rundown we before this. we get rid of the guest. Okay, Spencer, Spencer give us your Twitter handle and all the go. things. There you go. Best best way to get in touch and hang out with you socially and listen to what you're doing down there at, at FSR. Well, see, that's that's why everybody likes Hannah better than they like mm-hmm. you, John, right there. Um, <laughs> no, you can check us out online at foxsports.osta.com. That's uh, that's way you can listen to the stream. And um, I'm on uh, Twitter, just my name, I think, uh, Spencer underscore Van Horn. And then uh, I'm on Instagram as well there, Spencer underscore Van Horn. And um, like I said, foxsports.osta.com. We're on 7 to 9 in the morning down here in uh, Valdosta. I'm following you right now, so everyone else should too. Perfect. I appreciate that, Hannah. Wow, John, that is a lot to digest. Yeah, and that's what this story has been. And, I mean, there are a lot of different tentacles to it. There are a lot of different angles to it. I mean, it's the the lawsuit involving the Rodemakers and the City Board of Education. It's the deposition that was put in by Nub Nelson that was a part of the lawsuit. And then you have uh, everything that came out of it where – uh, the, the audio tape where the, the voice is alleged to be Rush and he's saying things about college football and keeping college athletes and how he did things, it, how this individual did things at other institutions in other states. And so, uh, you know, then the NCAA comes in and asks questions. I mean, there's, this is it, – it is – a story of the highest order when it comes to the importance of high school football, and I think that also what it is is it what it demonstrates what it can do and what it does to towns that love their teams as much as they do, and you have sadly stories that are like this. Well, this story is not at the state level. This is at the national level. Mm-hmm. This ripple effect, how do you think it's going to affect high school football nationwide? Sadly, I don't know if it will. Because, you know, there's always going to be the eye opening of paying, possibly, allegedly paying players at the high school level. Mm -mm. Mm. It's just how things are these days and and, and winning at all costs. And I think that that's the the lesson here is is winning at all costs. And it's a continuing story. It's not just one that's over as we finish the show. It's a continuing lesson about that idea and what it means to the sport. And what it means to these communities and what it means to these towns. And I think that there's always going to be, sadly, there's always going to be a next. I don't yeah. think that just because whenever this whenever this ends in Valdosta and whatever ending it is, I don't think it's going to be the last time, sadly, that we talk about it, considering how things have changed over time. And again, as we record this April 19th, Monday, we are still waiting for the verdict from the meeting this morning, correct? Yeah, yeah the executive committee, we're still waiting mm-hmm. on it. And so we'll keep an eye on that. And obviously, uh, look at uh, GPB, gpb.org, the GPB Sports app will have you as up to date as we can be when it comes to everything, when it comes to high school athletics in the state of Georgia, high school football in the state of Georgia, and specifically what's been going on down in Valdosta. Absolutely. John will have something out as soon as there's a verdict out. See, now she's already put the assignment on me. John, I, I like right. how this goes. <laughs> I don't uh, have see, time. <laughs> our executive executive, Sandy Malcolm, is on the other side of the glass, and she's already laughing with the with the double thumbs up because since you've already bestowed I that am on me. I'm assigning you work. Yeah, you've assigned me work. <laughs> Sandy's got the double thumbs up. It's like, yeah, he's going to do it. I like how the, I like this double teaming here. It's a two-on-one yeah. fast break just before we get out the it's door. Like, I see how this John, goes. John, you got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, yeah. You're apparently, just such I do. A talented writer, yeah. you got it. I apparently do. So we'll see what happens. So once again, that's another go around. Oh, uh, wait, let me. Before I toss, is your rundown complete? Well, 
we covered social media. We've already talked about the schedules. Shows will be coming back in August. We can give an update on those as we get closer. But I think you, you know what? You covered it. We're good. We're okay. good. Rundown complete. Check. So now that Hannah's rundown mm-hmm. is complete, that's it for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Once again, thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, GPB, GPB.org, the GPB Sports app. Go to your favorite podcatcher, download, like, save, remember, whatever the kids do these days to make sure that they mark every single time that there's a new podcast out here at GPB, not just with GPB Sports, although we love it when you do hang out with us. And always comment, like, friend, be a part of the conversation all of our social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe mm-hmm. to all four of those if you haven't already because we're coming up on some really big round numbers for likes and follows on social media. And, uh, you know, we can't thank everybody enough for being a part of the whole conversation, not just during football season, but all year long because, as we know, the four seasons here in the state of Georgia are not summer, fall, winter, and spring. It is football, spring football, Cruton, and National Signing Day. Absolutely. For Hannah, I'm John. That's it. Played safe, everybody. Enjoy the games.